Hi, this is Robert Fuller. Well, you all probably know me better as Chess Harper on the television series Laramie or Cooper Smith on the television series Wagon Train. Or maybe as Dr. Brackett on the television series Emergency. I'm this week's guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another episode of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 70. I'm Brian Zemrak, your host. And this week we have a show for you looking at some great uh, remakes and sequels and upcoming movies along with TV and movie DVD information for you. And on our interview segment, we have actor Robert Fuller. And now, of course, Robert was the star of such shows as in the 60s and 50s. He was on the Westerns Laramie and Wagon Train. And in the 70s, we watched him on Emergency is Dr. Kelly Brackett, and uh, he has some fascinating stories to share with us, so we hope you'll stick around for that. That's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond on our interview segment. And let's see, we are going to get right into Remake Madness coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Okay, let's get a look at what's coming out your way as far as remake on Remake Madness. The uh, Jim Henson Company has in development a new version of Pinocchio set for a 2011 release. And also, the popular video game Halo is headed for the big screen in 2012. It is currently in the scripting stage. And the remake of the sci-fi classic When Worlds Collide is now set for a 2010 release. And Steven Spielberg is producing that one. That's about it for remakes. Coming up next, let's find out what's going uh, your way as far as upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as upcoming movies, let's see what's coming your way. It looks like Vin Diesel will star in Hannibal the Conqueror in 2011, which tells the story of the Carthaginian general who leads his army across the Alps to attack Rome in the 3rd century B.C. And it looks like the ice at the bottom of the world is looking at a 2010 release and rumored to star Meryl Streep and Charlize Theron. And another gangster movie is in the works. It looks like uh, John Statham will star as Pretty Boy Floyd and Gary Oldman as John Dillinger and Mickey Rourke as Babyface Nelson in a movie called Pretty Baby Machine set for 2010. That's about it for upcoming movies, and it looks like next we're going to head down to Sequel City. Find out what's coming your way as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as sequels, it looks like X-Men Origins Wolverine 2 is in development with a projected 2011 release in theaters. And Harold and Kumar will be coming back in 2010 with a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. And that's coming out on November 5th, 2010. And M. Night Shyamalan is uh, pitching Unbreakable 2 in hopes of a 2012 release. And that's about it for sequels. Coming up next... What's coming out as far as TV on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
Ethics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. TV on DVD? Well, TV shows coming to DVD on August 18th include Eli Stone, the complete second and final season, along with Dirty Sexy Money, the complete and final season. And also on August 18th, look for Greek Chapter 3. Uh, it comes to DVD, which of course is an ABC Family show. Also on August 18th, look for Dexter, the third season as it arrives in stores. And Everybody Hates Chris, the fourth season, as does iCarly Season 2, Volume 1 for the kids. And that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, we're going to look at movies on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> And we now go to movies on DVD from On Screen and Beyond. On Tuesday, August 18th, Disney releases Hannah Montana, the movie, on Blu-ray and DVD. Also from Disney, Pete's Dragon, High Flying Edition, comes to DVD on August 18th with Helen Reddy, Mickey Rooney, Jeff Conaway, and Shelley Winters, and Charlie Callis as the voice of Elliot the Dragon. Check that one out. And also on September 15th, X-Men Origins Wolverine with Hugh Jackman scratches its way into stores on DVD. And that's about it for movies on DVD from On Screen and Beyond. Next up, we have our interview with actor Robert Fuller. Now, Robert's a great guy, and he talks about uh, all different things. Uh, he, he's been in, you know, the, the star of three different shows, the, the Laramie and Wagon Train and Emergency, and a lot, depending on what era you're in, you know, you, you've probably seen him in some shows. He's, he's a, a fantastic person. He's, he's a, he was a joy to talk to. A lot of interesting stories, and that's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Stick around for that. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond has starred in numerous TV shows, including the westerns Laramie and Wagon Train and the popular 70s hit Emergency, where he played Dr. Kelly Brackett in over 130 episodes. It's Robert Fuller. Welcome to the show, Robert. Well, thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure to be with you. You know, it, it's such a pleasure to have uh, idols that I've grown up with watching, you know, on, on westerns and, and emergency. Uh, you were always the hero in these shows, and it's so nice to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it, it was always great to play the hero, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when I started in the business, uh, you know, I, I was the heavy all the time. Oh, you were? Uh, because, of course, well, I was the guest star yeah. on all of the television shows, and as you know, the guest star is always the heavy. <laughs> so it, it was always the best part, too. Oh, uh, you enjoyed those? Oh, yeah, I sure did, of course. I did all those westerns and, you know, many, many television shows before I got signed to do Laramie. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then it all changed, of course. Then you become the hero when you're the lead guy. Right, yeah. Uh, it's which funny. is also fun. It's, it's funny. Everybody I talk to, they always say, it's always fun playing the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Now, um, we'd like to start out with finding out how, how you started in show business. What made, what made you want to become an actor? Well, truthfully, I never really wanted to become an actor. Oh, really? uh, I actually uh, I fell into it pretty much. Uh, uh, when I, uh, my parents were uh, dancers, uh, and uh, they had a dancing school in Key West, Florida. And when I was 16 years old, they moved to California. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I moved with them. And uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I uh, went to work immediately doing, you know, different uh, jobs. Uh, worked as uh, the doorman at Grumman's Chinese Theater. I worked in gas stations. I did a lot of things. And uh, while I was working at Grumman's Chinese Theater, I met some uh, guys around my age. I was about, uh, I guess, close to 17 at that time that worked extra in the business. And, uh, God, I was making 35 cents an hour, and these guys were making $12.05 a day as extras, plus overtime and meal penalties. And, you know, you could make 30, 40 bucks a day working extra. Yeah. So uh, they convinced me that I should join the Screen Extras Guild, uh, you know, which I did and fortunately got in. So I worked extra for, uh, oh, probably about almost a oh, year, year and a half, and uh, wound up doing a little stunt work at the same time. And then, of course, the Korean War was on, and when I turned 19, I got drafted. Hmm. And uh, we shipped off to Korea. I spent 17 months over there. And I came back in 1955, and uh, I had made up my mind that uh, I was going to stop working extra and try to, try to start a career of some kind. You know, I was, yeah. I was 22 years old at this point. But my best friend uh, was uh, an actor named Chuck Courtney, who played Dan Reed on the Lone Ranger television series. And when I got out of the Army, I told him, I said, well, Chuck, you know, I'm going to quit, uh, quit working extra and see if I can get a decent job, you know, uh, to, to you know, start a career. And he said, no, you're not. You're going to start studying acting with Richard Boone. Wow. And uh, I said, what, what, what do you mean? He said, well, there's a new actor in town. He's got a, he has an acting class, and he's really, really good, and we've been studying with him, and I told him all about you, and uh, I want you to come to this class and meet him. Now, Dick Boone had not done Have Gun, Will Travel yet at right. all. Yeah. Uh, this was 1955. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had done a series called uh, Medic. Uh, which yes. I never saw because I think it only lasted one season, and I was in Korea, so yeah, I never saw that. it, and I didn't know who Dick Boone was. So anyway, uh, uh, the following week, uh, I went out and uh, sat in on the class with Chuck and about ten other kids that were in the class. And uh, at the end of the class, Dick Boone uh, saw me in the back, and he said, oh, I see uh, the boy uh, from the Army is back. Uh, he said, well, come on up here. And I walked up, and he said, would you do an improvisation for me? And I said, uh, sure, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, I'll pick out a girl from the class here, and I'll give you both, uh, you know, some thoughts, and you go and do it. I said, okay, fine. So I did it. I didn't know what I was doing, really, but I did it. <laughs> and uh, he said, fine. He critiqued it a little bit. And after class was over, uh, and this was the way with Dick, he was a fantastic man. I mean, everybody wound up at the closest bar cl near the... Uh, near the class, and uh, everybody sat down, had a drink, and Dick talked to everybody, and he called me aside, and he said, you know, he said, you did really good in that improvisation. He said, uh, I think you should start studying with me. I think you have a chance at becoming an actor. And I said, you've got to be kidding. And he said, I said, how can you tell that? And he said, trust me. He said, I, I've got a feeling about it. He said, come on, join a class and, and, and have some fun with us. So I said, all right, I will. So I went back to working extra, and I started studying with Dick. Hmm. And I, uh, when I started, when I, 
I went back to working extra and really got into doing some good stunt work and making some pretty good money. Dick didn't charge us much, uh, $30 a week, uh, you know, for two nights, uh, $30 a month for two nights a week, yeah. uh, you know, four hours a night. Uh, he, was, he was just great with these kids, and he really worked hard with us. And a year later, he, he had liked uh, what I'd been doing in class so much that he sent me back to New York to study with Sandy Meisner at the Neighborhood Playhouse in 1956. So I went back and spent a summer session with Sandy at the Playhouse. And as soon as I got back to Hollywood, I co-starred my first motion picture, which was called Teenage Thunder, uh, uh, and Chuck Courtney was the star of it. Of course, he had a lot to do with getting me the part. Uh -huh, yeah. But uh, I still did it, and I was ready for it, and I uh, did another picture called uh, uh, The Brain from Planet Eros immediately after that for that same company, and actually just uh, all of a sudden started acting. I got an agent and uh, started going to work. So all of 56, all of 57, all of 58, I was, you know, and by 58, I was doing really good guest star parts. And mm -hmm. uh, in late 58, Universal uh, offered me Laramie. Wow. And uh, that's how I wound up, uh, you know, you know, with my own, my first television series. No. So I, I sort of fell into it, but I did work hard. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned you were doing stunt work. Um did you did you ever get hurt when you were doing stunt work? No, I never did. Oh, that's good. Uh, and I doubled some uh, interesting people. I doubled Steve McQueen. Wow. Uh, in a, uh, I think it was either an Annapolis or a West Point. Uh, this has got to be 1957, something like that. And it was Steve was just starting, but I doubled him, and then I doubled Jerry Lewis uh, on a movie called The Delicate Delinquent yeah, in a fight scene. Huh. And then basically most of the stuff I did, because uh, I did a lot of Western work. Uh, there was, you know, so there were 32 Westerns in prime time going on at that time. Right. So I did a lot of a lot of horse work, saddle falls, fights, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, which really got me prepared. You know, for my own television series. Now, when you when you uh, first started doing the Westerns, did you know how to ride a horse? Uh, you, when, you mean when I started Laramie? Uh, no, no. Before that, when you, you know, no, I, I sort of learned uh, Chuck. Actually, uh, Chuck Courtney was a really, really good horsebacker. He was a cowboy, uh -huh. and uh, he had horses down on the river bottom. So uh, I, you know, Chuck actually taught me how to ride a horse. Uh -huh. So uh, and Dick uh, Boone was very, very, uh, very thoughtful. He had everybody in the class on a Saturday take horseback uh, riding lessons from Chuck. Uh, because he knew that, uh, you know, eventually all these kids were going to start working and uh, there were so many Westerns going on. Oh, they, yeah. They should know how to ride. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I knew how to ride real good by uh, by 1957, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh -huh. Now, you guest starred on, you know, like you say, just about every single classic Western there was, um, but a couple of them were uh, The Life and Legend of Wyatt Earp, which starred uh, Hugh O'Brien. Yeah, and, I did one of those. Yeah. I worked, I did a Rin Tin Tin. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of fun, uh, fun uh, episodic uh, westerns in those days. Yeah, and you did uh, The Virginia with James Drury, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, th those people have both been uh, guests on our show before. And uh, do you have any remembrances of those shows? Any stories you can tell us about those? Uh, about when I did the Virginian? Yeah, the Virginian or or uh, the White Herb? Well, 
I know they were just an episode, so it's sometimes. Yeah, they were. No, it was fun working with you. Uh, in fact, I just uh, I just did a film festival with you uh, in uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh. And uh, yeah, Hugh's still around and a great guy. I've always had a lot of fun with him. Uh, worked with him a couple of times throughout the years, and. Uh, uh, and of course, you know Jim and and Doug McClure were really really good pals of mine. And, uh-huh. uh, you know yeah. Doug, uh, one of my dear dear friends. You know, of course, you know has passed away a long yes. time ago. Yeah. But uh, Jim uh, doesn't live too far from me. Lives down in Houston. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were just together at a big film festival in Memphis. Uh-huh. Uh, at the at the Memphis Film Festival. We so it must be nice to just a couple months ago. Must be nice to get together with the, you know these people that you've worked with over the years and the friends and everything. Yeah, those are fun. Those film festivals are fun. This was called a gathering of guns. Ty Harden was there. Oh wow. Uh, let's see who else. Don Cotter uh, from High Chaparral, who's an, uh, an old buddy of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, Will Hutchins. Uh, you know, oh, yes. Sugarfoot. Sugarfoot. <laughs> uh, Peter Brown uh, yep. from the Lawman and Laredo. Yeah. Uh, who I worked with uh, before. I've done. I did a couple of uh, lawmen uh, with Peter early on, uh, probably 1958, and then uh, uh, he guest starred uh, with me on Laramie on my show and also on Wagon Train. Yeah, there were so many good westerns back then. I mean, just you know, I mean, you you saw so many, and and they were and each one had their own little niche, and it was it was good shows. Well, they were all in prime time. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. Now, um, as far as your name, now, most actors change their names and everything. Was uh, How did you come up with Robert Fuller? Is there some a story behind that or anything? Well, or? not much of a story. Uh, my, uh, my name, uh, uh, my parents got divorced when I was very, very young, probably about five years old, six years old. <clears throat> my father's name was Lee, so my name was Buddy Lee. But when my mother remarried, she remarried uh, uh, a man named uh, Simpson, Robert Simpson. And uh, although uh, although he never uh, adopted me, he really he was my father. He became you know the greatest you know part of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. He's recently passed away, but uh, but uh, so I took the name Simpson for a long, long time. In fact, it was my name in the army. Uh, but before I but when I got into the Screen Extras Guild. I had the choice of using any name I wanted, uh, and uh, you know I figured, well, you know, Robert Simpson isn't going to look as good in whites as something else. So I figured, uh, you know, I talked to my parents about it, and and there was a Fuller back in the family uh, on, I guess, on my mother's side, uh, an uncle or something like that named Fuller. Yeah. So we thought Robert Fuller. That sounds kind of good. Hmm. So uh, and it was it was almost overnight that we picked it because I was had to go in and sign papers the next day when I joined the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, yeah. And uh, so uh, that's it. it. Became Robert Fuller. Yeah. <clears throat> and the second I got back out of the army, I was Robert Fuller again, and I've been Robert Fuller ever since. Hmm. You know, my Social Security, my driver's license, everything. So yeah. it's uh, it's pretty. It's my legal name. Yeah. Just you know, I'm just curious all the time how you know, it, or is always wondering if there's you know something you picked or if there's an executive, you know, sitting there at a desk saying, "Okay, no, you're going to be no, some." <laughs> they, uh, no, nobody tried to pick it. Uh, you know, that's a great story. It's true. You know, yeah. Henry Wilson, one of the famous, uh, you know, agents in town, changed everybody's name. Uh, you know, Tab Hunter was Art Galene, so he he changed his name to Tab Hunter. Uh, I think Rock Hudson was uh, something Fitz Roy Fitzgerald. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't like that. He said, Rock Hudson sounds a lot better, and he yeah. changed it to Rock Hudson. And uh, you know, those things worked uh, yeah. with a lot of actors. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I, it's at, a very commonplace. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, John Wayne, I don't think, would have done so well in the business if he was called Marion all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny stories about that. Yeah. Now, um, uh, doing Laramie when you first got it back in 1959, uh, you must have been excited having you know now after being guest stars on shows, all of a sudden you're the star of the show or you know. Absolutely, I had no idea that uh, that uh, that anybody would even consider me uh, as a star of a television series. Hmm. And when they threw it at me, I was dumbfounded. I really was, but I was thrilled. You know, it's a great part. Jess Harper is one of the best parts I've, I've ever had in the business. Yeah. And and now, more recently, when you did an episode of uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, they, they wrote that specifically for you, that part, right? Uh, yes, they did. To bring yeah. in... Um, uh, uh, I, I played it, was Wade it? Wade, yes, yes. Uh, supposedly, uh, you know, great-great-grandson of Jess Harper. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, that kind of an interesting thing that, uh, that the writers did. Uh, they were big fans of, of Laramie and myself. Yeah, huh? And and I, I saw that you have the designation of being the only uh, guest star on um, Walker Texas Ranger to be killed off twice in the same episode. In the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chuck. You know, I had a great time uh, uh, working on Walker. Uh, as a matter of fact. I started out in Westerns, and I ended. Uh, the last Walker that I did is the day that I decided to retire. Yeah. And so I, uh, the last show I did was Walker, Texas Ranger, and the name of it was The Final Showdown. Mm-hmm. And it was a two-hour show where I did you know, one of my reoccurring roles uh, that I had done before. Yeah. I think I'd done four or five of them uh, as that Ranger. Mm. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I'm going to have to watch that one again. I have, I have the... Uh, the DVDs, so I, I want, I'm going to take a look at that one again. <laughs> yeah, every, I get, I get. Uh, everybody talks about that uh, being shot twice in the same show. It's uh, yeah, kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now, when Laramie ended, um, you jumped right over into another western right off the bat. Immediately, yeah. Uh, see, I was not under contract uh, at all to any of the studios. Uh, I was under contract for the series. That's all. Yeah. And as soon as the series ended, uh, you know, uh, Wagon Train was still going. Mm-hmm. And it was just going to start, and I believe it's, it's going in its seventh year and going into color for the first time. And uh, I, was, I was loose after four years on Laramie, and the studio immediately said, would you like to go into Wagon Train? We could write a part for you immediately. And I said, I had a chance to work with John McIntyre, of course, another good Western. Yeah. So uh, I jumped at that. I really did. Uh, Mac was a good friend of mine and had done several Laramies with me, and I think one of the finest actors in the business and one of the, one of the, the gentlemen of all times. So, uh, and I knew Frankie and Terry, of course, Frank, uh, Frank McGrath and Terry Wilson for years, and Denny. So uh, it was a pleasure to jump in and work with those guys yeah. uh, for the next couple of seasons, yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, did it seems like hearing you talk, uh, a lot of the people on the different westerns knew each other. Did, was that the case that a lot of the very, very much so? Uh, you know, when you consider there were thirty-two westerns going, I mean, we had at, at Universal alone probably eight. I know Warner Brothers had probably twelve or fourteen at the same time going. So of course you saw everybody all the time, and then of course it was either NBC, you know, if it was an NBC show, NBC always had these great big parties at the end of the year or sometimes during the middle of the year, and so you would always be together with these people. Oh, okay. You know, and then a lot of them were my friends too, and uh, you know, when you think about you know a lot of westerns, I mean, my God, there were. I lived in the valley, and there were, you know, five western bars in the in the valley, and uh, we all, you know, wound up in one or two of them <laughs> yeah. after work in the evenings, uh, you know, so somebody from Warner Brothers would be there, or somebody from MGM or Paramount, so, you know, we saw each other a lot. Mm. Now, the other thing is, you know, there's so many things on the Internet, and you read things, and you, you wonder if it's true or not. Um, one of the things I read was that uh, when you went on to the show, the the uh, Robert Horton, who was had, was leaving the show, um, was wearing a dark cowboy hat, and when you went on, they had you wear a light one, presumably so the viewers would realize that you know the change had been made. Is, is that true? That <laughs> had, had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Okay. Bob, Bob had been gone for two years before I went on the show. Ah, absolutely. Uh, Danny Miller was the scout uh, for, for two seasons before I went on when the, you know Bob was gone. Okay. And I picked my own wardrobe. Nobody told me what uh, what to wear. Oh, okay, because you know you, you, there's so many Absolute, things out that's there. That's not true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, of course, I, I did not replace Bob Horton. Right. At all. You know, if anybody replaced him, Denny did. You know, Denny yeah. was the scout for two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's why you can't always believe what you see on the internet. No, that's for sure. Because <laughs> anybody can write anything. So, yeah, <laughs> that's why I like people to be able to hear you tell the story you and bet. you know. Yeah. No, that's that's the way it happened. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, here's another thing. Um, is it true that Jack Webb specifically wanted you to be Doctor Fuller? Uh, Doctor Fuller, <laughs> Doctor Brackett. <laughs> Absolutely. He did. Uh, yeah. See, I, I, uh, at, the, at that time, let's see, I was the spokesman for Budweiser Malt Liquor. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing some commercials for them. And uh, one morning, we were out at a racetrack someplace, and the makeup man that I was using on that show came up to me in the morning, and he said, uh, hey, I hear you're going to do a new series at Universal. And I said, what? And he said, uh, yeah, uh, a series for Jack Webb. And I said, well, that's news to me. I think you got the wrong guy. I haven't heard anything about it. And he said, no, that's what the scuttlebutt is around the studio, that you're going to do a series for Jack Webb. And I said, well, I really don't think so, because I, my agent would have told me, or I would know something. So that night when I went home, my agent called me on the phone, and he said, guess what? And I said, what? And he said, Jack Webb wants you to uh, do a television series. 
And I said, really? I said, what's it called? And he said, it's called Emergency. And I said, that sounds like a medical series. And he said, well, it is. And I said, well, I don't want to do a medical series. And he says, Bob, you know, I said, I want to do a Western. And he says, Bob, there hasn't been a Western on the air for five years, and there isn't going to be. There's none on the horizon. Yeah. This is a chance to, to you know, to, to do a, a, a good new television show. And I said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do a medical show. I want to do a Western. And he says, you don't understand. Jack Webb doesn't want anybody else in this town but you to play Dr. Brackett in a new television series that he's doing, and he wants to meet you tonight in his office after hours to, to, uh, to talk to you about the part. And I said, well, I said, I don't want to do it, and I'm not going to do it. I said, I don't know Jack Webb. I, I admire the man. I, at least I owe him the courtesy to go in and tell him face-to-face that I don't want to do his series. Hmm. And my agent said, well, go ahead if that's what you want to do. So he said, he wants to see you at 7 o'clock tonight. So at 7 o'clock, I put on a suit and tie. I only lived a couple blocks from the studio, which was great. I did all three television series in, in, uh, at Universal Studios and never lived more than five minutes away. That's nice. I know. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Especially with traffic. It, it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, I, went, I drove in the gate and went up to Jack's office, and uh, his secretary, Jean, uh, was uh, there. I had never met her before either. She knew who I was, and she said, uh, uh, Jack's on the telephone. He'll be with you in a second. Have a seat. So I sat down. And a couple of minutes later, the door popped open. Jack Webb sticks his head out, and he says, You're a hell of an actor. I'll be with you in a minute. And shut the door and went back in. And, well, of course, that puffed me up like you wouldn't believe. But it still didn't deter me from uh, telling him I didn't want to do his series. So a couple of minutes later, the phone rings, and she picks it up, and uh, they, she says, Okay, they're ready for you. They? I wonder who they is. You know, so hmm. I open the door and I walk into Jack's huge office and all of the universal brass are sitting in there and Jack behind his big uh, big desk and uh, everybody's sitting there having a drink and relaxing and uh, I, wa- I walk in and, uh, and he said uh, Bob and I said Mr. Webb and uh, he said have a seat and I said Mr. Webb before we start anything I really have to tell you that I am not interested in doing a medical series. And Jack looks up at me and says, shut up and sit down. (laughs) Just like that. And I went, what? He says, do you drink? And I said, yeah. He says, go fix yourself a drink and sit down. (laughs) I said, holy mackerel. I went over and I poured myself some vodka and I came back and I sat down at his desk. Two and a half hours later, I left that office with 12 pages of a two-hour world premiere with 13 episodes sold after it to go on the air of a series called Emergency. Wow. I mean, he uh, he was very convincing. He got me out of the saddle, that's for sure. <laughs> now, did you leave half drunk, though? <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. Yeah, everybody, but he was a good drinker, good drinker, good smoker, and a heck of a man. I really, really enjoyed working for him. Well, you know, it's funny you, you, when you said the way he was talking to you when you came in. I've talked to several different people who have worked for Jack Webb, and they all said very similar things, that he was a, a, a very uh, gruff or... You know, but he absolutely. knew what he wanted. And... Absolutely, but a sweetheart, really. Yeah. Yeah. And if you did, if you did your job, he loved you. Yeah, that's that's what they all say. Yeah. That, you know, he but knew what he you, wanted. Do, and you, wanted. do you remember? Do you remember a great movie he did called The Di, where he was a marine drill instructor? 
vaguely, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I knew I knew who Jack. Of course, he was um, uh, the, his TV show there. Uh, Dragnet. Dragnet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that was very popular and everything. So, but uh, yeah, so um, so that's how it happened. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and it, uh, I was thrilled too. But, uh, glad i did it it was a great show and then when i found out that of course julie and bobby were going to be on it and i'd i'd known you know julie london for years and bobby too they were good friends and uh, we just had eight beautiful years on that show together oh, lots man. and lots of fun so and, so you and, already I mean, look what we did look what we did for the paramedics right oh yeah you know, i'm very proud of that show for, uh, for 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 everything that's happened yeah oh yeah that you know a lot of people turn to to looking to be a paramedic after that show. Oh, yeah, nurses, doctors, everything. Oh, yeah. To this day, people come up to me and uh, and say, boy, because of that show, I'm a paramedic or I'm a doctor or a nurse, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you guys did a great job on that show. That was a big hit. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't too hard to get up every morning and go to work with Julie London. What <laughs> <laughs> a doll. Yeah, gee. So you knew all those those people then? Oh sure, yeah. So it of course, was... I didn't know the two boys. You know, right. Jack, Jack cast them after after we were done. Yeah, yeah. But you, uh, you know, it must have been like having a family. You know, you knew the, some Absolutely. of the people. So yeah. It was, yeah. Now you, you've also won quite a few awards, and um, you know, including the, uh, the the Golden Boot Award. Yes, I, I was awarded the Golden Boot. Uh, I guess back in. Uh, the 70s, I imagine. Yeah, and because uh, we've had other people who've won Golden Boots, who were uh, Martin Cove. Mm-hmm. He's been a former guest on on the show, and uh, he won one also. And uh, but you also uh, just this past year, last year, you uh, were inducted into the Hall of Great Western Performers. The thrill of my life. Jeez. I never ever dreamed that uh, that I'd go into the Cowboy Hall of Fame. I never did, but. Uh, Actually, today it's it's called the uh, you know the, the Hall of Great Western Performers, and uh, it, uh, it's an incredible honor. It really is. Um, you know, I, I receive what they call the Wrangler Awards, a beautiful bronze bronze uh, uh, horse and a man on a horse. And, uh, quite an honor. It really is. I'm up there with some of the greatest Western actors that ever lived. Oh, yeah. uh, I never dreamed that uh, that would happen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, in 2007, you got the Silver Spur Award. I did. And, uh, I mean, you know, it just goes on and on, all the awards for uh, for your, you know, Western work, and it's just uh, just amazing. to. Well, yeah, it, it, it really is, and that's the one that culminated it all, uh, which is just great. Uh, you know, of course, you know, I, I, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven when I got my star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes, yes. But uh, <laughs> then, then to be inducted into the uh, to the to the, uh, the Western Museum is uh, it's, uh, it's another thing completely because it, it's it's what I live for. It's the work that I like doing. I enjoyed doing westerns more than anything that I've ever done. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, when you uh, do, you remember what your first, your very first acting appearance was on on a show or movie? Absolutely. What? I remember. I remember the dialogue. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I, in fact, I was working extra. I was working extra on on a movie with uh, with Gary Cooper uh, called Friendly Persuasion. Uh, do you remember that movie at all? Uh, not uh, offhand, no. Dorothy McGuire. Uh, well, 
most of the audience will. It was a really, really huge motion picture, Friendly Persuasion. It was directed by Willie Wyler, William Wyler. And I was, uh, I'd worked on it as an extra probably oh, almost for about a month. I'd done, I was a Quaker, or I, so I was a soldier, or I was this or that, anything in the background. Mm-hmm. And this one particular day, uh, the scene was a big carnival. Uh, uh, and that particular day, I was uh, dressed as a uh, cavalry officer. And uh, the assistant director came and said, all right, you're going to stand right here. And then he grabbed another guy in a cavalry officer's outfit, and he said, you, you stand right here, and what you're doing is you're watching you're watching this uh, shooting gallery. And, uh, and uh, Gary Cooper and, uh, and another actor are going to come up and have some dialogue and do some stuff, and you're watching. This is what you guys are going to do for the rest of the morning. Just stand here and watch this. So, you know, and we're five feet away from where all this action is taking place. And uh, Peter Mark Richmond uh, was the other actor. And uh, William Wyler's sitting in his chair, and a couple minutes later, Gary Cooper walks onto the set, and uh, they start rehearsing the scene. And uh, we're just standing there, the other soldier and myself. And all of a sudden, I hear Cooper say to Willie Wyler, he, he says, Willie, he says, uh, this... Uh, this seems a little static right here uh, between Mark and I. I mean, I walk in and all of a sudden we said, he said, we need, uh, we need a bridge here. We need something happening while I walk into the scene. And Weiler says, you're right. And he looks over at the two of us. And I thought, oh, this is a chance to get a silent bit or something, you know. But he picks the guy standing beside me. The guy's about six foot two, good looking big guy. He's got the outfit on. And he says, you, come over here. And the guy walks over to Willie and stands there for a minute. And, I, and Willie looks him up and down. And he said, nah. He said, your sideburns are fake. They're pasted on. They don't look good. And he turns to him. He says, you, come here. And I walk over to him. My sideburns are real. And they're way down on my cheeks. Because <laughs> I've been doing westerns. Yeah. You know, and I had them long. And he said, now, your sideburns look real. And I said, yes, sir, they are. He said, can you act? And I said, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> and he started to laugh, and he said, say this line. I can knock down more than you can. I said, I can knock down more than you can. He said, give this kid the part. <laughs> and I got my first line of dialogue with Gary Cooper and, and uh, Peter Mark Richmond in, in that movie. Wow. And, uh, and I was still working extra at that time. Mm-hmm. But it was my first line of dialogue. Yeah. Shortly after that, uh, and I'd been studying, this is probably 19, late 1956, early 57. And I'm geared to, to start to go to where I'd already, I'd, uh, you know, gonna, I know that I'm going to do this movie with Chuck pretty quick. So uh, I decided I'm going to quit acting. I'm going to do one last job. And I worked on a picture called The Sweet Smell of Success with uh, Tony Curtis right. and Bird yeah. Lancaster. And I said, this is it. This is my last extra job. I'm not going to work anymore. I don't have a I don't have a job coming up tomorrow or anything, but I've got to make a, a cut here. I've got to make a decision. So a couple of days later, my agent called me and said, uh, go in and read for this part, so and so. And I remember the dialogue for it. And it was, I don't remember what the show was. It was an episodic uh, uh, Army thing, an hour show uh, that was starring Chuck Connors. Now, Chuck Connors mm-hmm. was just starting to become a... a not quite a star yet, but uh, he wasn't the rifleman up, yet. Up and coming, 
Yeah. And uh, he was guesting in it. He was the guest star on it, and I was going to play it because I could do stunts and and act at the same time. Now, they hired me, and I uh, my scene was uh, the war is going on. The bullets are flying, explosions are going, and we're both soldiers. And he's an officer, and I'm just I'm just a you know a soldier. And I run up to him and I said, "Sir, the first platoon is pinned down over on the left flank. The CO wants you to take your men and get them out from under." And he said, all right, and he takes off, and a bomb goes off, and I get it killed in an explosion. And I still remember that. <laughs> that it's funny how you can remember the I things know, like so that. I don't remember any of the others. Right. Those are my first two lines in the picture business, and I do remember them. Now, in all the, the early movies and TV shows that you were in, were, were there any stars that you were working with that you were in awe of? Oh, my God, uh, Absolutely, I you know I worked on I worked with uh, with Jimmy Cagney. Wow! I, I, I worked with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, I worked on pictures with these uh, people with Cary Grant. Uh, God, I just stand there and look at these. You know, be be in the same presence with these fabulous actors. Oh yeah! You know, uh, Marilyn Monroe. I danced with Marilyn Monroe in a, in, a, in, in Gentleman's Gentleman Fur Blonde. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, uh, you know, I was madly in love with Debbie. I did a specialty number with her in a picture called I Love Melvin <laughs> early in my career. And, uh, yeah, no, there were. And then, then of course, as I, did as I became an actor myself, and then I would have guest stars coming on. Ernest Borgnine. My yes. God, you know, here's one of, the, one of the great guys of all times, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but what a fabulous actor! And to work, you know, be in the in the presence of Ernest Borgnine doing a scene with him, or uh, Joel McRae, who who was my idol, yep. you know, for years and years and years. And then and to to have worked with him, did a movie with Joel and uh, Dan Duryea, well, you know, one of my dear dear friends. Uh, Dan did probably six or seven Laramies, and I mm. just admired him. What a fabulous actor! Yeah. Yeah, no, I was very lucky to work with some great, great people in this business and learn from them, too. Now, th this is probably an unfair question to ask, because <laughs> putting, putting you on the spot like this, but of, of the, the three major shows that you were on, I mean, I mean, not the guest starring, but your starring roles with right. Emergency and, and Laramie and um, Wagon Train, is there one that you preferred over the other ones? Oh, of course, Laramie. It was, yeah. You know, not only not because it was my first television series, but because of the character of Jess Harper. Mm -hmm. It was so well written and uh, and so well defined, and it was so close to me uh, that I just I loved that part. I could do it in my sleep. You know? uh -huh. I was Jess Harper, yeah. uh, although it wasn't written for me. It could have been. <laughs> yeah. Now, now Jess had sort of a wild streak in him. So, is that more like you? Or? Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be the general consensus. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, it's okay. No. So now um, we'll, we'll finish up here just a little bit. I know you've been on here for a long time, and I appreciate you no, uh, no, taking the time. Uh, but uh, you also, uh, I have, I see that you're, you were listed as an extra on Spartacus. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> That's a funny story. Uh, uh, I don't know how I got listed as an extra on Spartacus, uh, but uh, I shouldn't have been. I was doing Laramie, 
mm-hmm. uh, at the time, and uh, Spartacus was being shot on the lot. And uh, all of my friends uh, were at Chuck, was a stunt man in it, uh, doing stunt work. Uh, Joe Connaught uh, was, uh, you know, doing the, heading up the stunts on it. Yakima Connaught was second unit director. You know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Uh, and Joe, Joe, and Chuck were really, real close friends of mine. So were all the stunt guys. They'd all worked on Laramie, and they were friends of mine. They're doing this huge battle scene, and I got off. I went in to do my work on Laramie, and I was working on Laramie Street that day. And I could see way up the hill where they were shooting Spartacus. And all of a sudden, my stuff was over at eleven o'clock. I was wrapped for the day, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have anything to do. So. I drove up on the hill, and I went into their makeup department. I knew who the head makeup man was, and I said, uh, put a beard on me, will you? And, uh, and then I went over to wardrobe. I said, give me a sword and a, and a shield and uh, some stuff. I'm going to go out in the middle of this stuff and have some fun with these guys. <laughs> so I walked out in the middle of this battle that's going on. There's about two, two, 300 stuntmen up there in this huge, huge battle scene. And I walk up to where Joe and Chuck are working, and they both see me, and they said, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to mess around with you guys for a while. And Joe says, well, don't let my dad see you. you know. And I said, okay, okay, don't worry about it. You know, Yak was way up on the hill directing you know, all of this stuff. Yeah. So uh, I worked uh, for two or three hours uh, you know, wielding a sword and you know, fighting, doing, getting things set up. And all of a sudden, we turn around, here comes Jack. He's coming down. He wants to talk to Joe about something. And I thought, oh, oh. So I'm just standing there. Not, you know, Jack is telling Joe, now I want this set up here. We're, you know, we're going to do this fight. And these guys, and he turns, and he looks at me, and he looks again, and he says, Bob, is that you? <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. He said, what the hell are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I just I got off work, and I just wanted to come up here. And he says, get out of here. If you get hurt, I'll be killed. You know, oh, my God. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, and I, well, I put my sword between my legs and went home. <laughs> Yak always laughed about that uh, throughout the years. So that's how it all came about, the uncredited extra. <laughs> yeah, that's now, true. In the movie of Spartacus, can you actually see you? Oh, in them? God, I God! You know, if you can for a fraction of a second, I couldn't. I don't know. There's so much blood and right. war yeah. battle yeah. with you know 300 guys fighting. Uh, yeah, but I just I was wondering if you know if it had actually made the cut or or was it on the oh, floor I'm, somewhere? I'm in the scene. It is There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, well, I worked for at least three hours up there. Uh, you know, in, in different fight scenes. So, uh, wow. I'm in so is it ever close enough that you can tell who you are? Or no. no. Well, were they at one time? Yeah, but I didn't see myself in the movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a big beard on and a helmet and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did that quite often. Now, that's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, you were also part of Hollywood Squares? Oh, yeah. I was a semi-regular on Hollywood Squares for years. Yeah, was that oh, fun? I love that, yeah. Yeah. Now, at that time, Pete, uh, Peter Marshall was Peter the, Marshall, of course. Yeah. One of one of the best uh, game show hosts in the business. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love doing that show. Uh, I had some great people I worked with on that. Vincent Price, who I loved. That spent some great times with Vincent. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that panel was fabulous. Well, we had yeah. um, uh, Rosemarie. Rosemarie on the was show. there. Of course, she was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. There were so many of them. Uh, now, was Paul Lynn on then? Paul, of course. Paul was the center square at that time. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 
I'm trying to think of all the good people who were on there. Uh, anyway, they were, you know, it was just really fun to do. I did, uh, as I said, I was a semi-regular. Mm-hmm. I did uh, two weekends a month and 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 two weeks per month on it for quite a few years. Wow, yeah. yeah that always looked like a fun show. I mean, it was yeah, fun well, to watch, and, and it, it looked like you really, guys were having fun. Really, really fun to do. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Winters. Oh, know, Johnny, wow. Johnny was on it with us. He became yeah. a good friend. And, uh, well, Robert, I can't tell you how much of an honor to have you on the show because, like I say, growing up and seeing you in all these shows, it's it's been, you know, you've given us so much enjoyment on TV and in movies and everything, and I, I just want to thank you for doing that and coming on the show because it's... it's well, you know, you know, I've enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I'm down here in Texas at the ranch and uh, having a great time. I, do, I fish most of the time. I'm a bass fisherman, so ah, yeah. I've got a uh, 17-foot uh, bass tracker, and I uh, fish all these big lakes around here while Jennifer takes care of the horses, and and the ranch, you know, I'm married to a, uh, an actress. Yes, uh, yes. Jennifer Savage, of course. You know, yeah. Did St. Elsewhere and Jag and everything. She still works. She goes back to Hollywood every now and then. But I, I retired in 2004. I just, I, I wanted to get out. I didn't want to live in the same town with Sean Penn and Rosie O'Donnell anymore. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, gave it up and <laughs> bought the ranch down here and, and joined the heck out of it. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. And, and... Like I say, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you, Brian. It's been my pleasure, and uh, give my best to your audience, and uh, I hope we run into each other one of these days. Great. It was so great to talk to Robert Fuller. He was so interesting, and I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did talking with him. And uh, we actually talked off uh, mic for uh, quite a while after that. And uh, he's just a great person, and we really appreciate that he took the time to sit down and talk to us. And uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We are in Episode 70 of On Screen and Beyond. Oh, this past weekend, I don't know if you noticed, but on TV, everything was Woodstock-related. There was Woodstock, the original movie there, and they're talking about the, the movie that's being released right now on uh, the theaters that's about Woodstock. And there was just, you know, because it's the anniversary of Woodstock and everything was, you know, just going on on that, the 40th anniversary and everything. And we here at On Screen and Beyond, uh, a while back, Back, a couple months ago, actually, did our little tribute to Woodstock by having one of the most famous announcers from Woodstock, the original, and he also has been at all the other Woodstock festivals, uh, Wavy Gravy. And he, we did an interview with him, and uh, you can actually still hear that by going to onscreenandbeyond.com, go to OSB Podcast Reruns, and scroll down and find the one that has Wavy Gravy in it. has his picture in there, and uh, he's, he's just a crazy guy, I'll tell you. He's, he's very interesting stories, and uh, it's a great episode of On Screen and Beyond, so go back and listen to that, and you can relive with him what actually went on at Woodstock, and uh, a whole lot more. The guy has got some great stories, so uh, check that one out if you get a chance. And let's see, that's about it for this episode, number 70 of On Screen and Beyond. And next week, we will have another episode coming your way. Hope you'll stick around for that. And if you have any suggestions, send them to us. We'd love to hear from you. And also, um, we want to thank everybody who's been sending emails uh, to us. And uh, we just you know love hearing from you. And uh, somebody sent us one uh, I think it was the other day that I uh, looked at it, and uh, they, they showed it to me. And um, we had some compliments on the uh, 
Kukla Friend and Ollie interview that we had with Martin uh, uh, Tassi. And um, it's uh, just, uh, you know, we really hope you enjoy these. And uh, we love hearing from you. So, uh, you know, send us a note if you want. And that's about it for Episode 70 of On Screen and Beyond. And we will catch you next week. So until then, this is Brian saying take care. Thank you.